this video, vampires. With Jessica. Mickey. Oh my god, it's been so long. There's a lot going on in life. Yeah. For like a global pandemic where like mostly people stay home. I don't know, though. Both of us just discussed about, you know, getting life. the vaccine. Yeah. Getting the vaccines and trying to rejoin some semblance of, you know, how it was socially before. It's very fucking weird. I mean, I'm also in Atlanta, too. And so it's like some places don't require masks and then like some do. So like I'm not I just wear one at all times still. I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's, and, and I'm excited to like be able to see people again, but like there are a lot of stuff that are reopening. It's not stuff that I'm like, like the Egyptian theater, which you're, you are one of two people I would go to, to the, the Egyptian theater with. Um, if I wasn't going by myself, that's not going to be reopened for another few yeah. months year because they're taking out the balcony. I, well, yeah, I think they said they're slated to open 2022, which honestly it's like, I'm a little happy about in a morbid way. Cause I don't live in California anymore. So like no one can enjoy it. And I'm like, Oh yeah. good. If I can't enjoy it, no one can. I know. But, but yeah, I don't know. I do miss it. I haven't been to the movies at all here. There is like a few old movie theaters in Atlanta, but they're still not open, open, you know, they're doing like drive-in stuff and that's just not my bag, man. I've never been a drive-in unless it's like movies I've seen already. Uh, or like an outside movie person. I'm I'm strictly an indoor girl. <laughs> I love it, but if it's done the right, if it's the right circumstances, but yeah. But yeah, so I know I know like some places like AMC's always been open, but the, it's kind of like slim pickings too. And honestly, some of the stuff that's been out, it's stuff that I've been able to see in home, and I'm just kind of like at that at this point, I'm like I don't know why risk it for this unless it was like something spectacular, but like really nothing has come out but i did see i did see saint Maud. did you see it yet yeah we talked about it last time on the, uh i thought i mentioned i'd seen it in the last time oh yeah that's right and because it, it's been a while and uh, i i was not i i like i said i liked it i thought it was fine i just i also thought that anybody who was saying like all these reviews being like one of the best horror movies of the 24 of the of the 21st century the past 10 years i'm like yeah if i've never seen a horror movie i would totally agree it's just it did not I uh, see. I knew. I kind of felt like we were going to disagree on this because I really liked it. I, I like. I kind of loved it. I loved the actress. Uh, her name is like Mophie. You know. Yeah. yeah, she's great. I like the story. I like the ending a lot. Um, I just I loved it. Um, to be honest, I I didn't think it was like the greatest horror movie of all time. I but I thought it was like up there with like Polanski and shit like that. Like I I really liked it. I, you know, I just didn't, I, I liked it. I thought the acting was fantastic. I thought everybody, both actresses were fantastic. Fantastic. I just didn't, uh, it didn't hit me the way I want. I was, I think I was expecting, I, I think part of it was A, it was overhyped for me and B, I overhyped it. Like I had said this to you before, and I know that we feel the exact opposite about this, that like a year ago when I was seeing previews for it, it was like, I was like, I'm going to fucking love that movie. I think this promising young woman movie, I'm going to like that one. And for me, it was like, Reverse, where I loved Promising a Woman, but I only liked St. Maude. It was just like, I yeah, think, see, I, think I downplayed, opposite. yeah, I think I downplayed how I was going to feel about one of them, and I overhyped how I was going to feel about the other one, and it just it, the exact opposite happened. So it just didn't, uh, I don't know. And like I said, mind you, this was one of those examples when you said you're not an outdoor person. I saw this, at, I saw St. Maude at a drive in, and it was not the right drive in to see St. Maude. No. I don't think that movie should have been seen on a drive-in. Yeah, I want to see it on the big screen, but yeah, I agree. I know, I know. The in our in our perfect world, we would have our our movie theaters back. Um, uh, yeah, I love Saint Maud. I thought it was like really fucking cool. I wish it had come out, you know, yeah. in in a time where we could see it in a theater because I I think you know that's just the type of movie it just demands it. But unfortunately, not. But I I still really liked it. I thought it was like really cool and and like a very like we had just watched well fuck what was that Polanski movie that we had done that i can't remember repulsion. now yeah we had done repulsion it reminded me a lot about that like do that yeah so i i i really liked it i i think this is her first like full feature movie right so i feel yeah, like that, she should just that, fucking yeah. kill it yeah yeah it's it's yeah, that that's one thing that I, I i thought was like i said i thought saint mod was good i just didn't i wasn't in madly in love with it but the one thing that i walked away from was yes the actresses were fantastic and also i was like for a first film a first yeah. feature like fucking a like what a way to like i mean that's like 
it's a pretty impressive uh, debut. It, it really, it, it was very humbling. It's like, there's some people who work a long time to get to a level where she, I mean, it was. Yeah, liked, exactly. Yeah. It was just one of those things where it's like everything in that movie, I should have liked a lot more than I did because it, it was there. Like everything was on, like, it was just there. I just, it didn't resonate with me. I don't know. Maybe it was me that time. I'll watch, I'm going to watch it again, but I didn't have that first time walking away being like, I'm in love with this movie, but yeah. I also I I saw like a few other movies that like um I, it was like lose uh the flower of evil and there's a few other movies oh, yeah. with the same name I think I talked about one maybe oh yeah a few years back uh it was like a Spanish, was it Spanish? yes yeah uh I really like that one this one was a bit disappointing I think it had like the premise to be cool like the cinematography was really great but it just like it just wasn't that scary to me it's like you know a weird over religious context and like his daughters and it's like fucking i don't know it's just it was just stupid (laughs) the ending was disappointing you know it was like one of those ones where i'm like "Uh, at least it was free and i wasn't stuck in a theater like continually watching this i can like check my phone or something you know and uh but whatever because you know prime amazon prime just has like the most weird set of movies now and it, i see it on hbo too they're including like a lot more like older like hbo has a bunch of giallo films on it and like uh even prime does they have this like that mario baba movie i think that i've been trying to download for like four years and haven't been able to Which one? um the girl who knew too much or like the evil eye okay okay um so that's actually on um i think it's on amazon prime right now but so I watched that and it was like, okay. So like, you know, there was a bunch of those horror movies that came out in 2020. There was like straight to straight to video because everyone's home. And like, that was one of them. I just thought it was okay. And then I also watched The Dark and the Wicked. Did you see that? Did we talk about it? Uh, it's good-ish. Uh, Brian Bertino did it, who did The Strangers, who I really, I love The Strangers. And I've watched that continually through the past, like, what, 10, 12 years uh, since it came out. I still really like The Strangers. I think it's, like, pointlessly terrifying. Uh, I like the premise. I think the cast is good. It still, like, freaks me out a little bit thinking about it, like, especially when you're looking out a window in the night and then you see someone standing and you're like, ah! You know, like, (laughs) it's creepy. Um, But he did did, um, The Strangers, and so he did The Dark and the Wicked, which is, like, it's very uh, hauntingly gruesome. It's got a lot of jumpy scares. It's pretty typical for a horror movie of that aspect, but uh-huh. I did like it, and the the jump scares were scary. Uh, Marin Ireland, who's the main actress, is in like a lot of movies like this, and she she has this like gaunt face. You know, she's like pretty, but she kind of looks like Gollum a little bit, you know, because she's very gaunt and like she has this like really creepy stare, you know? <laughs> so I like her in things because she she upplays the dramatic horror effect with her face. I think she does it very well. It's scary. It is scary. But a- after a while, you're like, I saw this coming. It's sure. still it's still scary, but like I could have guessed, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I did like it. It's just not the greatest, you know, I could have gone either or seeing it in the theater, like watching it at home, but it was a little scary. So if you're, you're feeling like a little loose and you want to watch something like creepy and gory, uh, I would watch that. And then, okay. And then I watched this movie called, um, the perfect host again oh, with, with, uh, Niles Crane. Yes. With David, uh, David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, so, I, didn't say, I never saw it, but I remember when it came out. It's so bad. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Really? That be, yeah, but that being said, David Hyde Pierce is fucking great. He's he so great. good in it. Yeah, he's great anyway. And, like, especially if you kind of, like, think of this character as, like, a weird, like, evil twin Niles or something like that. Like, yeah. it makes it even funnier. The premise is so stupid. It's, like, this bank robber. That's like on the run, and he's just like ringing doorbells of people, and finally he finds like David Hyde Pierce, and like David Hyde Pierce, like you know, he comes up with the story, and David Hyde Pierce lets him in, and this bank robber thinks he's gonna like fucking take charge and like stay there and like keep this guy hostage, and like who knows that David Hyde Pierce is like a fucking psycho, and like, but it, it goes into I'm gonna ruin it for everybody, but he's actually it turns out he's actually a cop, okay, 
and oh, he knows. I yeah, know it's like, yeah, it's stupid, and that he was like fucking with him the whole time. So in the first in the first part, like it switches. David Hyde Pierce, like he is the one who like drugged the robber, and then he's like doing all this weird fucked up shit to him. But the fucked up shit ends up not being real, and that yeah. he's a cop. It's just like so stupid. It's so stupid, and everyone else in the movie is terrible. Yeah. David Hyde Pierce is so good, though, that it yeah. made the movie watchable. I remember when that movie came out, I was thinking, what a cool idea of, like, you know, you have a criminal who's, like, going to get refuge, and it turns out the person that he's, like, you know. Yeah, as a psycho. I'm sure that happens a lot in L.A. Huh? I said, I'm sure that happens a lot in L.A. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and there was also something about it that reminded me of, like, my a friend of mine and I used to, we walk, used to canvas door to door for, like, the human rights campaign, all these things, we'd get sent to these weird, like, po- like we could, we, we we would do it all over LA, and we we'd get sent to the weirdest places. I remember he we got sent to Venice, and like, um, we were the by the Venice canals. I remember my buddy knocked on a door, and this like, like I don't know, fourteen year old Asian boy like came like to the to the like <laughs> the door wearing like this kind of like weird robe, and he was like kind of like kind of seemed out of it. And then this older guy came over and was like. You know, wearing the same exact robe was like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, we're not interested. And then just like kind of closed the door. It was like, and my buddy was like, I don't know what I just saw. Like, I don't That's know. That's like what's some going- Dahmer shit, dude. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's just one of the things where it's like, I, I sometimes I'm like, fuck, man. Like, that's that's some fucked up shit. But we don't, you know, you don't, you don't know. Like, it could yeah. be something, you know, kind of, you know, innocent, but like just weird, you know, or it could have just been exactly like the worst possible thing. And you know, it was just one of those like. <laughs> It was like, it was just one of those things. This was like over a decade ago too. It was just like, but that story always stood out. It was like weird shit like that all the time. And so it's like, I actually, I, that was an idea I had at one point, you know, for something it was like, what if I, we had actually gone into like, what if we had like gone into that house and got stuck there? And then, you know, it kind of like spiraled into that whole, um, you know, when, when, you know, right before my wedding, when, when I, when my buddy and I, same, the same exact friend and I, we ended up running into that goat guy in Hollywood. He was like, come inside, come over to my place, check out the goat. We were like, sure. We've never met you before. Let's go inside. And we like went inside the apartment. We were like, what the fuck do we just, like, we're looking for, like, like, kind of like that. Oh, you idiot. Like, but I can't, I still can't believe that. I I've seen the goat and I feel like many of our LA listeners have also at one yeah. point seen the goat. And the yeah. fact that you went to the goat's house, is like the fucking funniest thing. And well the weird part is that the goat's house was like it was in it was literally in the apartment complex that I lived in <laughs> four years before that. So like walking into it, it was like you know when something's familiar, but then you just there's just that slight oh god. So yes, I, I think about maybe not the perfect host, but like that idea is always percolating in my head of like, you know, um, you know, oh, I'm gonna you know, like I'm a bad guy, I'm gonna go sneak it, I'm gonna go you know, harass these people. Then you just, you harass somebody that's even fucking scarier than you are. Like that to me has always been a really intriguing idea, but you know, now I have no desire to ever see it because you know what you told me the ending. Yeah. Was. Yeah. So it's, it's really bad, but, um, David Hyde Pierce is perfect. He's a perfect gentleman. Fantastic. No matter what he does and plays. Uh, I'm sure you watched a lot. I'm sure we watched some of the same TV shows. Um, Actually, I have only been watching Breaking Bad again. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, so I just I just finished it, and then I watched El Camino again too, just to like have it in my brain because I was like, you yeah. know, at some point you're like, maybe I should give up and make meth, and I was like, mm, maybe I'll just watch Breaking Bad and see how bad this goes. But learn my lesson. Yeah, I really haven't been watching much. I did watch like HBO has like the Q and On show, which, which I've I I've, I've watched a few episodes. I'm not finished yet. Um, which is interesting. And then they also had the Tina Turner documentary and obviously I love Tina. So I had to watch it and it was, it was great. It was sad too, because her whole life, she's just been like, I've been attached to my abuser my entire life. And no matter how old I am, no one will stop talking about him and me. And she's like, until I fucking retire. She didn't say it like that. She, she obviously was like, this is my career that I've built up my entire life. But it had that semblance of like, can we not? This he's dead too. Like, can we just fucking? She's Tina Turner, man. But, I do love, I do love River Deep, Mountain High, but also. Oh um, yeah, that stuff is fucking great. But, but I'm also, I'm also a big fan of the stuff she did for. I'm not joking. I, I legitimately love the two songs that she did. One of which I nominated for a Grammy for uh, Mad Max Beyond. Yes. Yeah, um, they're fucking sick tracks. They fucking I love slap, the fact that dude. She, she turned down a role in the color purple because she wanted to be in Mad Max. And I was like, you know what? Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome is not a great movie, but she is great in it. And I'm glad yeah. that like, 
Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm surprised you haven't watched, you didn't watch Made for Love. No, not yet. I, I was actually planning on it because I really like that actress. You know, she was in sure. Palm Springs and she was in, uh, oh, some in- Black Mirror episode. Uh, so yeah, I did really want to watch it. Have you watched it? Is it good? I keep yeah, hearing it's- them is great, but I haven't watched it yet. I haven't I- watched it yet. Yeah. I want to like, like I want to pretend that like I forget about it and then watch it to make sure like it's not too hyped because I've been disappointing before and especially like I love Stephen King but like anything he recommends is usually bad and so he's like I love it and now I'm like I don't want to watch it because fucking it's Stephen King over that. here. It's funny <laughs> you say that actually because well there's two things one I mean real quickly Made for Love is 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 good it's I, I'm not my my wife likes it a lot I I am I think it's good. I'm not in love with it, but I think I, I'm entertained by it. It does the job that it's supposed to do. I'm entertained watching it. I like everybody in it. There's moments that I like more than others. It's it's um I don't know. I, I, I it's good, you know. I would give it three out of five stars, you know. Okay. Um, but the really saying about Stephen King is that what he recommends. Um, I read an interview recently where Emilio Estevez was talking about how he regrets doing Maxim Overdrive and how Stephen King constantly apologizes to Emilio Estevez for, for making Maxim Overdrive. And, um, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, well, first off, I fucking love Maxim Overdrive, but also I don't think he's a good judge of like cinema really, except for the fact that there's one movie that he recommended that you and I did an episode of. And I, I showed my wife last night, which was Tourist Trap. And, um, cause I was like, I think this movie still, still holds up. It's still pretty creepy. And, and, you know, it was, it was really effective, but I'm like, I don't, I agree with you normally that like, yeah, when he's like, oh, man, this new adaptation of It that they made is just fucking great. I'm like, but you hate Maxim Overdrive, so I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> um, like, everything he says before Maxim Overdrive, like, any recommendation, I'm like, yes, I agree with that. But anything after that, I'm like, no, nah, you're you're fucking crazy. Um, I uh, I watched WandaVision. I didn't complete it. Um, I started heavy, you know, those first three episodes and then never finished it, which I feel like I should, but it's weird. I... Because obviously, like, I also moderate and attend nerd boards. So, like, they all talk about it. And I was like, eh, just I just won't until I'm ready. You know, because I know there's, like, a big episode on grief. But I heard the ending just kind of drops off. But I don't know. I haven't seen it. You know, again, I, I liked it. I actually thought the, the, I think the beginning, the first probably where you left off. I, I say the first few episodes are really fucking great. And then it starts becoming a Marvel. It, it starts resembling a, a Marvel universe you know thing and it's like and that's fine because wandavision does set up um the doctor strange movie which is going to be directed by sam raimi which could be really cool all that jazz but um uh i um i you know a lot again a lot of people are like this is this is the greatest thing i've ever you know that this is like totally crazy it's like you've never seen anything like this on television i'm like yes there has been shit like this on television it's just you have never watched it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of, you know, like, again, it was like the way I described the first three episodes, the three or four episodes of WandaVision was like, if somebody was making, if like someone was taking the Marvel universe and combining it with David Lynch, I think that would be great. But it's like, if you've seen like other stuff like that, if you fucking, if you watch the revival of twin peaks, you've seen weird, you know, you know what I'm saying? You've seen some pretty weird fucked up shit. It's, and it's yeah, great. But and like, me and Marvel crowd are different people, you know, that. exactly. But that's why it's, it's, it's why that's what I'm saying is that like, and I'm not, I look, I'm, I'm, I've, I watched both and I, I enjoyed WandaVision. I just, I liked WandaVision when it was leaning a little bit more towards like, like the first three episodes where you're like, this is fucking weird. How are they going to paint themselves out of this? And then the way they do is they just, it becomes a Marvel. Yeah. Which is, I get it. Cause you feel cheap after watching it. it. Yeah, well, I don't think it's not that. It's just that like it's like, oh man, like what I like, what I what I always like about the Marvel stuff that comes out, and I'm including some of like the X Men shit, like Logan and stuff like that. Dude, is, Logan is fucking sick. Let's not forget. Until the very end, when it becomes a when it becomes a comic book movie, where it's like one thing is like what I always like about those particular things is when they're when they're going the opposite direction, and then what I don't like about them is when they kind of like at the end it's all these mutant kids doing zapping their powers. It's like man, I liked it when it was just this guy and this girl and you know, sad Patrick Stewart, just kind of on a road trip. That was the movie that I was like, I'm, I am more into this one than I am into the, the comic book aspect of it. And I love comic books. I'm just saying that like, those are the, the, the comic book films that always kind of get me more hooked where it's like, it's going guardians of the galaxy felt less, feels less like a comic book movie to me and more of like a sci-fi big trouble in little China. You know what I mean? Oh, have you? So I'm interested. I wanted to talk about this cause I haven't finished it. Actually. I've watched it halfway through, but did we haven't talked about the Snyder cut 
for the DC universe at all. I, 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 are you going to watch it? I will watch it. Yes, I, I think you should. Yeah. Four fucking hours. It's like that's a lot of a. Uh, I know that's why I've only watched half so far. But also, the beginning part is is still similar, and I fucking I cannot remember what happens. You know, so the first half, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Can we just get the to the part where like evil Superman is like coming and like destroying shit? But it's it's I I like I feel like I have to go back and like either watch some some other movie or like you know just read online what happened last time so i remember i do think the one thing i noticed in the first part was that cyborg is different his storyline is much cooler there was like a whole scene in there that i was like this is fucking sick uh and so and then you hear all that shit about joss whedon it sucks because you know i love buffy and angel and and who's been saying he sucks the entire time? Probably not for the same but reason. But no, yeah. yeah. But that's the thing is, like, you can still separate it. Like, obviously, like, Buffy yes. is still, like, so culturally culturally important, you know, especially during sure. that time period. Uh, and the, there's people who made it, you know, like Sarah Michelle Geller is Buffy. So, I, you know, I'm, mm, I'm not going to be like, awesome, but... oh, let's stop. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Ever say that to me again. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I, I did hear about that shit and I was like, oh, well that, that sucks. Uh, is, is justice league, Joss Whedon's justice league bad? Yeah. It's really fucking bad. Uh, is this one better so far? I don't know yet. It is very much like, I do feel bad for Zack Snyder. It sucks. What happened to him? You know, yeah. happened he had to leave this movie too i've always liked his attitude though in, in filmmaking and that's why i like him he's always just like i make these movies for me not for anybody else and sure. i've always kind of liked that you know I absolutely um so i don't know yet i'm i still want to see the last half and see how different it takes someone on youtube some some person with a lot of time on their hands already did exactly side-by-side cuts of Joss Whedon and Zack Snyder's, which is interesting because you see like how the tone changed of the entire movie. Joss Whedon wanted a, a funny like buddy guy type of, of comic book film. Yeah. He wanted the Avengers and Zack Snyder was like, I want a dark fucking movie, you know, even though I I I hate Gal Gadot, but yeah. I'm going to watch it because I've been following the story, like really interesting, you know, like I, I think the Ray Fisher stuff is really fascinating stuff, you know, and like, you know, the whole, you know, the whole cyborg stuff and like the guy who played cyborg and like all the, you know, ever. And also I'm going to watch Zack Snyder's cup because for fucking years I've been railing against and mostly for no reason, but just cause I just don't like their, either of them, but like JK Rowling's Harry Potter shit and Joss Whedon. Now it feels like everybody's like, and I had to endure a lot of people being like, no way, they're geniuses. And I'm like, okay, anyway, <laughs> I, will, I will watch Zack Snyder's cut out of spite towards Joss Whedon, um, if anything. But um, also because it's just, it's a four hour commitment that I just don't, I, I'm, I, I'm, I sounds dumb because like we should have like plenty of time on our hands, but it's like, it's fucking four hours to sit down and watch and want to give it time. So it's like, I'm going to do it. And like, I've heard great things from people who, have seen it. They're like, I, I haven't heard anybody say anything bad who's seen it. So that's good. You know, that's a good thing. It's like, even people who aren't usually into the stuff, they're like, they watch it out of curiosity. And like, yeah, this is good. I would have liked to have seen this in a the theater. I don't know if I could sit through a theater for four hours, but I, you know, um, and it's like, look, I, you're a fucking it's amateur. Better. Yeah. It's well, better. I don't want to say it's greatest. I would not want to see this in a movie theater. It's because some of it's nonsense. Like, but sure. I would have liked to see his theoretical cut, you know, yeah. Of what would play in, in the movies uh, yeah, for I, sure. But I haven't watched any, like, honestly, I haven't watched any of the new stuff on HBO. Like, I haven't watched Godzilla versus Kong yet. I have not watched the designer cut. Um, I didn't watch that other movie with Jared Leto and, and Rami Malik and, and was it Denzel? Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't watched any of that. I just, because I just, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I, I feel like the novelty of, like, oh, Wonder Woman 1984, it's coming out in uh, on. On I, on demand before it's coming out in theaters, it's like that's that was that was really exciting for a minute. You know, being able to see something <laughs> that, like, but now it's like I, I I do not agree with Christopher Nolan. Like, fuck Christopher Nolan for being like, oh man, like now HBO Max is streaming service. Like, yeah, he's trying to keep people from like, they're trying to be like, hey, we want these movies to be seen, but we don't want people to risk themselves going to a fucking movie theater. Fuck you, Christopher Nolan. I fuck that guy really. Um, yeah, but- I don't really I get what like. 
I feel like the problem missed him. You know, it was like, no, the theaters aren't open not to punish you. It's because yeah. there's a fucking pandemic, bro. Right. Like, it was very, like, his response was very strange to me, at least. Right. And it's like, I would rather just wait. Like, Dune, I don't like the idea that Dune's going to premiere on HBO Max. It's like, look, I will wait to see that in a theater. Like, yeah. you're, you're going to get my money. So why not just release it in theater and just hold on to it? It's like, I, I'm okay with all that stuff. So it's like, but to, to rail against it, it just seems so silly to me, but whatever. And I know Dennis Villeneuve, like he also, but I didn't hear, I don't know what his complaints were, but anyway, I just, I, the new stuff on HBO max, I'm just like, whatever. I don't, I'm not falling all over myself to, to, I can wait to see that in a theater and, you know, and that's where I would want to see wonder woman 1984. Anyway, I might've, I, you know, I actually thought that movie might've benefited from being, Kind of like when you're just everything's coming at you all at once, you know, like the sound, the the visual, it, the way it does in a theater. You know, I feel like I, I feel like a theatrical experience can really help help a movie out a lot. And that's you know that's my opinion. Like sometimes, sometimes I'll watch a movie that I loved in the theater, and I'll watch it on the you know on TV, and I'm like, oh yeah, it wasn't as much fun as it was seeing it in the big screen. You know? So, yeah. Um, but because sometimes it's just the atmosphere, you know, yeah, of going to the movies. Right. It's like, you know, um, so yeah, I, I, I did watch a lot of stuff. I actually watched two new things and I'll get into that and then I'll, I'll kind of run through everything I've watched, you know, just so to kind of throw that out there. But, um, I did watch Minari. Which, oh, I, I heard it was good. It's fantastic. It's yeah. I didn't see yeah. it. Out of all the movies that I've seen, new movies that I've seen in the past in 2020, um, Minari's definitely the one that i'm like yeah that's the one that i would i would say is the better is the best picture although yeah. I, don't, I don't like that best picture shit i don't also i don't like the fact that they changed the rules so certain movies can be eligible because if you were I, and i've said this before and i'm saying it again if you were playing by the fucking rules of the oscars like the oscar criteria then one of the few movies that is eligible is Bill and Ted's Face the Music, and I do, and I was really hoping for a huge Oscar sweep, not because it was the best movie, but because it it was it, it had a theatrical release, driving counts. <laughs> oh my god! And um, I just would have I, I was clean sweep is all I'm gonna say. Um, but Minari was great. I really I thought Minari was fantastic. Um, and I wanted to see it, but I wasn't. I was a little like. Ugh, we had to watch it now, but then like we we rented it, and I was like, "This is fantastic! I'm glad that we watched it." Um, I watched a movie. I might have talked about this the last time we we recorded, but it was a movie. It was a newer film. Came out. It was sh shot a year or two ago called Ten Minutes to Midnight." It's got Caroline Williams from Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, playing oh, yeah. a uh, yeah playing a late night DJ on her last night on on the air, and she gets bit by a vampire bat before she gets to the station, and it's like it's basically like kind of like a weird. It's it looks like it's going to be like this 80s style, like pastiche of like vampire films. And then it kind of turns into this weird psychological, you know, I don't know, like something's you're, you're clearly seeing her go through this transformation in her head. So it's like, um, it, it's good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, more than I thought I would. Uh, I thought it was going to be a pretty, I thought it was going to be just kind of like, again, like an 80s throwback. And it was a little bit better than that. And it was like, it was also like, um, know, some really interesting stuff about, you know, women breaking into like any business and like the, what they have to go through, you know, with, you know, men who take advantage of that, that, you know, it's good. It's really good. Um, I, 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 I said this to you before we started recording, I, I took a week off for my birthday and I had a fucking, like, I was just like, you know, usually you've been to a few of them, like, or I have like a marathon every year on my birthday. Um, and I'll show like four or five movies and there's always like one movie that I'm always like, man, this is the movie that people are going to be like, Hey, that was the fucking standout. And it's always, it's never that movie. It's always like, like the year, the last one that we did together, um, I showed, um, a few movies and, and, um, I was really expecting this one movie, that movie, scary movie with John Hawks to really just fucking the people. Be like, oh really yeah. <laughs> and, and people were less impressed with that one. And they were way more, had way more fun watching howling too. Yeah. Uh, I had put in there as like a, um, kind of like, Oh, where this is going to be the nice buffer between, scary movie and then the last movie which was uh terror train which a funny story about terror train after uh howling too a lot of people they you know it's, it's hard to sit around and watching movies all day so a lot of people were like we're heading home and and the last man standing was was our buddy diego who was on our monster squad episode and he um you know he was at, he just it was a rough night for him you know and i was like i was just like you know what man you look tired let me just drive you home we'll pick up terror train next time 
and then a pandemic happened. So our, our kind of like, we, we've, we've seen each other once since then, like in person, we were like, we, he came, we did this whole thing for Thanksgiving where like, I got tested, he, my wife got tested, he, you know, we had this Thanksgiving dinner and we was like, should we watch Terror Train? I was like, no, because I feel like we watch it now before the pandemic's over, I'll be driving you home and then we'll get into an accident, you know, like, um, so we wanted to wait until the pandemic was over and it's finally, so in a few weeks we're going to watch Terror Train. And I was like, which, you know, we've done an episode, of, we did an episode on Terror Train on this podcast, mm-hmm. but um, it's going to probably be the most hyped movie of all time because it's got a year's worth of like a pandemic be like, where I'm like, no man, Terror Train is a great movie. It's like to the point where we've even come, come up with ideas of like, should we watch it on a train? Should we like get on a train and like watch it on a, you know, I was like, anyway. Um, but I, 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 because I didn't, I wasn't able to have people over. I took a week off from work and I just basically just binge watch movies. I, on the, on the night of my actual birthday, I just, I watched movie after movie and then throughout the rest of the week, I was like, you know, I'd do stuff in the day and then at night when my wife was going to sleep, I'd watch a few movies and kind of start the cycle anew. And I, I kind of, um, I watched some of these movies I've already seen before. I, I closed my birthday marathon on my night of with Nightmare on Elm Street. Just, I, it's one of my all time favorites. Um, but I've already, I, I had already seen the movie pieces and spookies and fear no evil, but I got to watch unholy rollers, which is a, uh, a roller derby movie from the 70s starring Claudia Jennings. She was a Playboy centerfold who was like kind of like the queen of B movies until she died in a car accident. Like um, anybody who worked at a video store would remember her video. She was in a movie called Gator Bait. And Ooh. I remember working at the video store, just walking by the video all the time being like, this is strangely arousing. And it was like this woman like kind of crouched in like Dixie shorts and everything like, you know, like um, anyway, uh, Claudia Jennings. She was this great B movie actress. She's in it. Um, I watched the evictors, which was directed by the guy at town of dreaded sundown, which we, which we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Dixie dynamite, which has Warren Oates in it. So it was a great fun, like, uh, kind of like, uh, two sisters that like their, their dad's making moonshine. He gets killed by this like shitty deputy. So they kind of become outlaws. It's really great. Warren Oates is, is like the one guy that's like, kind of like their like ally. He's really cool. I watched blood beach and it was funny cause uh, Steve Sears, who we've had on the podcast a few times, he watched it with me on zoom i had i had basically positioned the camera on my computer so it was hitting the projector so for him it was like watching it at the drive-in you know and uh uh we watched blood beach which has john saxon and burt young it takes place in santa monica it's kind of like if tremors was serious and it took place on yeah. santa monica beach of santa monica uh-huh um, and one of the, the actresses in it was was one of the sisters in the baby which was the last movie we did um and then I watched Nightmare on Elm Street. And then I watched uh, the next night. I watched Scum of the Earth by Herschel Gordon Lewis, mm. um, which is about uh, pornographers, you know, yeah. like sleazy guys who like, you know, uh, force younger women to take photos and then exploit them. Um, great Herschel Gordon Lewis movie, very memorable. And then um, I watched Pieces, which I had seen before, but I hadn't seen since in over twenty years. Uh, Spookies, again, I hadn't seen in over twenty years. <laughs> Fear No Evil, which I recommend thoroughly i had seen it in that i hadn't seen in a decade but um watched that and then i watched uh another movie i watched was again steve sears where he we did the projector and the the screen we watched a movie called relentless that had was uh william lustig who did maniac yeah maniac i was gonna Hoffman. say that sounds really familiar and it's judd nelson as a serial killer oh yes okay and the detectives that are after him are Robert Loja, who's playing like you would expect him to play like kind of like the he's like the tough, smart detective. He kind of plays like this fucking idiot detective who's just kind of like way too laid back to actually be solving a murder. And his partner is I don't remember if you know if you remember Halloween, Two, But Halloween, Two, there was this couple that are in the hot tub in the jacuzzi mm-hmm. and they, they get killed. Yeah. He's, oh, I remember. Yeah. Right, right. He's the, the guy is the, the other detective who's like he's more gung ho about trying to catch this killer. But it's Judd Nelson as a serial killer who's just picking names out of a phone book and uh, killing people. And I actually found that really entertaining. And then uh, I watched um, I watched a fucking I watched Mark of the Devil, which, uh, you know, the the classic 70s, uh, you know, the film that that in, when it had a theatrical release, they released uh, they had barf bags for it because it's pretty gruesome. Um I watch I rewatch popcorn because I have to rewatch that every so often. And then I watch a great Roger Corman film called <laughs> Rock All Night, which is an hour long and it's fantastic. Um, it's basically these people get held up in a bar um, for, you know, a few hours. And it's like um, the, the professor from Gilligan's Island plays one of the guys who's like holding these people hostage. And Dick Miller plays one of the bar patrons who's like, I don't know, it's a great Roger Corman flick. I've been on a huge Corman 
kick anyway. Um, and then I watched the last movie um, that I'll mention is I watched a movie called The Mask, not the Jim Carrey <laughs> one and not the Eric Stoltz one that makes me cry every time. But this oh, one was yeah. a this one was a Canadian film. Uh, it's 3D because I have a you know my projector can play 3D movies and I have the 3D glasses for it. So um, I watched uh, th- this movie called The Mask, where like um, and when you saw it in the theater, every time the character would put on this like mask, you were instructed to put on your 3D glasses. And then you would see what they're seeing every time they put on the mask. These weird, like, cult That's images. Cool. It was. It was a fun little, you know, 3D movie. And I got to, you know, I have the 3D glasses that are, like, polarized. So it's, like, you know, it's, like, not the red and blue. But it's, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I watched a lot of stuff. Um, not all of it was great. But um, all of it was excellent in a weird way. Even if it yeah. wasn't. And, um, and then, I obviously, I watched the movie that we were about to talk about, which is... Uh, ravenous i i don't think i knew that this was a satire film until i started watching it and i was like this is this is really kooky yeah uh but i loved it i liked the whole thing i also love guy pierce i think i like guy pierce in anything like he's just got this weird thing about him that i love you know yeah he's cool maybe it was the count of monte cristo you know um I don't know. I just really like him. This movie, it's really, it's really kind of funny. It is. Oh, it's a comedy. Yeah, it's like a comedy horror movie, obviously, because you're talking about like engulfing people and, and living off their flesh, uh, which is kind of funny because it reminded me a little bit about the "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" episode, you know, where yeah. they think they're eating people, but. This movie's actually really good, and it's funny because it's not highly rated, but I think it's kind of fucking great. It's it's directed by Antonia Bird, um, yeah. who passed away unfortunately a few years yes. back. Um, yeah, the whole the whole eat or die thing is like kind of brilliant. Um, the score is like fucking hilarious. Like the first minute the music came on, I was like, "What is happening in this it's movie?" It's very erratic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really strange, and it's like music that doesn't belong it's like not bad music but it just like is weirdly placed in all the scenes and it's it's kind of hilarious um i i gotta say i really liked it It, this is yeah ravenous has always been one of my favorite um horror films and i did that with quotations because it's it's horror it's definitely a it's a horror comedy but uh of my other 90s and it's been that i've i've I've, i'm a big fan of this movie and I, i have been for i remember the trailer when it came out, and I remember because it used um, White Zombies cover of "I'm Your Boogeyman" by Casey and the Sunshine Band, that one was in the Crow City of Angels soundtrack. They used that, and I was always like, "Man, I, I kind of dig this song." Um, but I, I, I always, I always, you know, loved the um, the trailer. And then, um, the, real quickly, the story is Guy Pierce plays a um, soldier who he's like publicly he's being um, commend, he's being awarded a medal, given a medal as a hero for he basically like he he. He um he was brought in from enemy lines, um and he like basically massacred all of the his captors and he escaped. But what really happened was that he played dead, and he was because he was too much of a coward to like fight. And he waited till everybody was asleep, and then he got up and he fucking you know killed everybody and got away. And so on the pub on the surface they're like, yeah, he's a hero, but like his superiors are like, we know you didn't, we know you didn't do shit. So they basically as punishment send him to this like outpost and like. Uh, I want to say the Rockies. Yeah, I think it's filmed in, um, let's see. I mean, that it could be, yeah, yeah. you know how. Anyway, he's, he's, he's basically put in a remote outpost for punishment. And, um, then, you know, uh, he's got, there's all these eccentric characters that, um, there, you know, who are also there kind of like, because they're kind of like disgraced in some fashion, you know, or, or considered too much of one thing to, to function so they're kind of dumped off here and um and robert carlisle who played begbie in uh train spotting and full Mon- he's in full monty and all that yeah great actor. he shows up and he's like telling the story about this guy who went fucking crazy and like he was guiding these people his 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 caravan through the the woods and or the wilderness or the forest or anything and then he like he ate them and like and then you find out very quickly so it's not much of a spoiler that robert carlisle is exactly the guy that he's describing he's the he is the yes, guy and he's so he's basically killing people and eating them because when he does so he absorbs their power their strength and like it cured his tuberculosis and now he's like on this fucking 
cannibalism kick and and guy you find out that guy pierce may have inadvertently had done the same thing uh in a weird way and when he was held captive earlier you know and prior to coming there so like uh anyway it, you're basically the end of the you're, you're you're building up to a cannibal versus cannibal super cannibal versus super cannibal uh climax which is my favorite obviously my favorite part but um antonia berg did direct it she replaced um I want. I'm gonna fuck this guy's name up, and I apologize. Yeah. Milcho Manchuski, who I looked at his screen, uh, his credits, and he did. He directed an Oscar, I think, an Oscar-nominated foreign film. But what I one thing that stood out to me is he directed the Arrested Development video for um, Tennessee. Um, That's he funny. got fired. Yeah, he got fired three weeks yeah. into making. Robert Carlyle had already worked with Antonia Bird. Uh, Antonia Bird directed this movie, and I remember exactly when this movie came out. It was a movie that Miramax released called Priest, and it was about like this priest who's like struggling with homosexuality he's played by linus roche who is um and uh, he was in mandy, mandy. yeah, yeah. Great, great great actor yeah and robert carlisle's in that and then antonia bird and robert carlisle worked again together in a movie called um face which starred robert carlisle and it, it was the acting debut of damon alburn who was from blur and gorillas and also did the music to ravenous so that's how it all kind of comes together um the cast is what I really liked about this because it was like, you know, it's Guy Pierce, Robert Carlyle. I love David Arquette. I just, I can't. <laughs> of course I, you I, would. <laughs> I love him. I, 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 I mean, I have followed this guy's up and down, like for, I just, I think he's great. Um, I legitimately think he seems like a, a genuinely good guy. And also, um, you know, he's just, he's good at, he's, look, I'm not going to go see, fucking david arquette play Macbeth, you know but i will go see david arquette play this the character like the stoner character he's playing in this you know um jeffrey jones who is a fucking terrible human being but he is in is he a terrible he, i mean he uh and is pedophile. he a terrible human wait he's a pedophile in real life yeah i didn't know yeah. that that yeah, makes my all my fears of him okay it was really howard the duck when i was little and I, i've talked about this scene because it haunted me when i was little forever but you know the end of howard the duck fucking terrified me and then also ferris bueller's day off like i just always thought this dude was scary but now all my fears have been confirmed because he's a pedophile i had no idea he got busted for uh having loot or soliciting young boys for photographs um teenage boys for photographs. yeah it's really uh, i'm gonna go look it up after this yeah, he's he's been he's you know I mean I was surprised to see him in the Deadwood. I, on one hand, I was surprised to see him in the Deadwood revival, like the Deadwood movie that they did. But on the other hand, it was like I was like, yeah, he was a care. He was a a fairly prominent character and notable you know notable character in the original series. It, it would they brought him back. I mean, like I anyway. Point is, I, it sucks. You know, well, he's a fucking terrible human being. He's also I've always thought he's a great actor. You know, and he is great in this movie. Um, Jeremy Davies, who was in um. Uh, he was in a movie called Spanking the Monkey. He's been in a lot of stuff. But, he's, in a, uh, he's in a fucking The Secretary too, isn't he? Is he? I don't. I thought that was James yeah. Spader. No, not that as that guy. He's like the weird, like the uh, timid uh, boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I love him in this. He's like he's just he's he's at, he's running at ten the whole time, and it's great. Um, I like. Um, I actually like Neil McDonough. Uh, I think his name is Neil McDonough. Uh, he's uh, I'm, he's in Star Trek First Contact. He's in a few things. But what I love about him is that they introduce him as kind of like he's like the aggro, like the macho fucking maniac on the fucking on the. the oh yes, yeah. like, and um, he was in my friend Elgin's movie Little Birds too, as like this yeah. doting father type figure. Which, it's funny because I always imagine more like the character he is in Ravenous. Like in real life, I imagine like when they introduce him, when they like they're talking, they're describing all the characters, and they just show him like standing in the water, screaming like the freezing water, like all like you know flexing his muscles and everything. <laughs> um, that's how I imagine he is. In real- I feel like everybody, a lot of the people in this movie, are kind of playing slightly exaggerated versions of who they are, you know. Um, which is what I think one of the reasons why I, I like this movie so much is that everybody feels like their character more so than other movies you see where it's like, oh, that's a stretch for that person. Like Gene Simmons in Trick or Treat. That's a stretch for him playing such a nice, nice guy. Yeah. I think. Um, but uh, so I really I, I think the cast is really what fucking makes this movie for me. But um, yeah, this movie's hilarious. It is a funny um, and, you know, it's 
dark. I mean, I guess as I was watching uh, an interview with Guy Pierce talking about this movie and he was saying how weird it is that like cannibalism, like the moment you mention it, people kind of like, ooh, they get weirded out. But you can see movies with murder, people getting murdered all the time and you don't flinch. But the moment you see that person eating the person they just murdered, you're like, well, that's fucked up. And yeah, I was like, that's yeah. Good you you can- know, it's like. Yeah, you could really, you know, bash someone's face in, but the minute you put your finger in it and put it to yeah. your mouth, it's like beyond, it's beyond something else. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've watched Alive a lot and I think about that constantly, especially in like any type of like post-apocalyptic, like The Road or like anything where like you have to eat people to survive. Like after I, I've always, that was always my thing. I was like, I eat meat because I would also eat humans if I had to. So, so weird that you mentioned that movie because I we were I was in the phone call I was in the phone with my in laws two weeks ago because we were it was my father in law's birthday and we somehow got into a conversation about the I mean I think I brought it up actually I brought up the movie alive because we <laughs> and I was, I was like yeah you know the movie where they ate people's butts because when I was a kid that's what I remembered the most it was like I was like holy shit they're eating people that's fuck. They're eating their butts. Like, yeah. I was so and we had a long, a too long conversation. Me and my in-laws, you know, my wife, my, my, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, all of us just having this way too long conversation about eating people's butts and whether that's the best place to start eating somebody. And I'm like, I was like, yeah, that's exactly why they started eating their butts is yeah, because that's where bad. the most, yeah. yeah, where the most meat was, but it was just like, when I was a kid, the idea of the movie Alive was so like, whoa, this really happened and this was fucked and these people are still around. Like there was something really weird about it. And then again, when I saw the movie, I'm like, he's scraping his butt with like a piece of glass and eating it. And it's like, is he eating the butts part? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I just thought it was really weird because like I was literally talking about the movie Alive two weeks ago for a long time. Yeah, I talk about very, it fairly yeah. often, unfortunately, for everyone around me. But yeah, I, I even Hannibal Lecter, especially um, the Hannibal show where they made cooking humans just exquisite. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I would I wouldn't say that I would become obsessed with with eating people and where I had to have it all the time. But you know, I would probably if someone presented a piece of human to me that was ethically uh cooked or taken i'm not sure well i nah. did read a, i did read a vice article about how this guy lost his leg and they let him keep it and then he cooked it and he served it to his friends all all not like unknowing like he was like hey i want to invite you to dinner to eat my leg um and i wow. did yeah i know i was like would i do that i was like hell yeah i'd try it but like i would probably be really sick after i told but. an old roommate of mine we were we were sitting around i don't know what again this is one of those things every time we've talked about cannibalism it ends up talking. We end up talking for a long. I end up ta- having a longer conversation than I probably should. But my buddy and I were talking, and I was like, we we're talking about what would happen to post-apocalypse. And I was like looking at the cats, and I was like, I would eat you before I would even touch them. And he was like, really? <laughs> and, they, and he was eating food when he was doing. It. I was like, dude, you're fucking seasoning yourself right now. Like you're getting it all over yourself. All that is just seasoning. Like you're making it worse. And then I just realized as I was saying this out loud that I probably have told the story before because we have done more movies involving cannibalism than any other type of movie i realize i it's kind of an interesting topic anyway i mm-hmm. i really you know it's like we've talked uh, about this yeah I we've talked that. about this extensively i think me and you are on the same page it's like yeah, yeah. we would obviously eat people yeah, especially I mean, before like- before any loved animals like i think about that too because you know if you've ever seen the road there's a dog at the end and I remember one of my ex-boyfriends was like having a fucking fit because he's like, there are people locked in basements ready to be eaten. There's a fucking dog there. Like, why don't they eat the dog? And I was like, a lot of the times I feel like people would want to murder and eat fellow humans rather than sacrifice a, a loved one because they feel, you know, that it it's an yeah. in, it's an innocent in this. Yeah. Also, my, my, like one of my cats is too scrawny. He says he wouldn't be, you know, he's not, he wouldn't be. <laughs> wouldn't be much of a meal but like uh, i i probably you know the sad thing is that we you know i i don't think i would even wait for a post apocalypse i think like the moment like look we had an i don't know you you obviously miss it because you're in georgia now but we had a a, a kind of an earthquake that kind of startled all of like a lot of people oh, yeah like, I, woke up, my, I woke up in the middle of the night my wife and i were in bed and we I was like we just kind of huddled together just in case something fell and everything and i was like man if this if this got any worse i'd probably start eating people now you know like i wouldn't even True. wait for it to get really bad i'd be like oh man big earthquake 
uh, powers out. Probably like they, they'd be like, Let's go you check know, on the neighbors. Yeah. They're like, they're like, Hey, you know what? The power's going to be back on in like two hours. Don't worry about it. I'm like, nah, it's two hours, man. I gotta, I'm going to go see what the neighbors are up to, you know, like I'm going to start, you know, getting them ready. Um, I wouldn't even, <laughs> you know, it's like, I would, you would, you'd have to talk me out of eating people. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of on the side of the, uh, you know, the, in, in ravenous, the, uh, the gentleman who decided to partake in, in just perpetually eating people. I mean, they could have had a nice life out there and got beers. <laughs> really right. fucked and, it up. And so it just, doesn't help that Robert Carlyle in, especially cause like, I remember in train spotting, he's like, for me, like seeing this movie, it was like, I had seen him in train spotting and he's fucking like, he's Oh my crazy. God. I just realized that that's him in train spotting. Yeah. I obviously am retarded. And what makes it scary about him in train spotting is that like you, I've known people like him where you're like, Oh, you, you do not, he's not a good guy, but he's, you would rather have him in your corner than you would then, you know, at, on the other end of a, at the other end of a bar, you know? And, um, but he's also, he's got, he's just, cause he's like, he's easy. He's volatile. He's very scary, you know? And like, um, and then he's in full Monty, which come out, came out of train spotting and he's such a, he's kind of like a, um, a lovable like he's a kind of a fuck up but he's like this guy who cares about his son he's like trying to figure out a way to like raise enough money to be able to continue seeing his son and and everything like that and then um and then he plays this character in this and it's just like whoa i just can't it's so fucking jarring because i i i was scared of you in train spotting now i'm like i i, I think you're a great guy in full monty and now i'm back to like I kind of agree with you, but I don't agree with maybe you're, you're maybe going a little too far. You yeah. Know? Um, like maybe we could just, uh, you know, push this back a little bit and set this yeah, up a little like, let's, let's less murdery. Time. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like the idea of him basically trying to create a, like a, a social circle of cannibals. That to me is very, very funny, you know? Um, yeah. Like, and also I, I really like the dynamic of like, Guy Pierce and, and Robert Carlo, Carlo's characters are like one is like totally just like uh, engulfed himself in 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 eating yeah. people and like totally believes that this is what's happening to him when he does. And then Guy Pierce, who's on like the other side, who like ate people to survive, probably we think, but like mm-hmm. does not want to continue it because it's immoral. And so it's yeah. it is really funny to me. But I also like that, and again, I mean, if kind of spoiler, but by by the end of the movie, they they've both eaten people, so they're they they're, you know <laughs> the, the, the idea is that they, they, they when you eat somebody, you again you 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 absorb their strength, their their whatever. So they're basically like these; they're kind of unstoppable at the end of the movie, just constantly like they're, they 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 get put through so much shit by the end of the movie that a normal person wouldn't be able to survive, and it just makes it so much funnier and funner. It's like it get, the the ending is ridiculously violent but also hilarious you know yeah it's um, it's really good i'm honestly surprised this doesn't have better ratings i mean i think it does and like when actual people get to vote instead yeah. of just like you know r- reviewers cool but it's fucking it's hilarious although i do remember i was you know my one of my old apartments i was out in the the, you know, the porch. I had been watching the movie. It was playing. And I had the window open. I was out in the porch, and I was, the porch was right next to my my bedroom window. And I was like smoking a cigarette. And some people, were, you know, neighbor, you know, roommates were out there, and they're like, "What the fuck are you watching?" Because they could hear the Damon Albert, you know, score, and they were like, "What is going on in your room?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's just, I was telling about this movie, Ravenous. It's like it really same thing. What you're saying is like it didn't get. It, I mean, it didn't do well in the theater. It kind of bombed. Um, but it's a kind of this great little movie that these that these well known actors were in that just nobody ever really talks about. You know, I mean, like horror fans do because, again, in the '90s, I feel there was a glut of bad movies. So for me, like *Ravenous* is one of those examples where I'm like, this is no, this is where these are when '90 when when a horror movie in the '90s was like was at its best. You know, um, yeah, I I really fucking dig this movie a lot. It was uh, it's something else. I I I it makes it, it's always made me want to go back and kind of you know, watch some of Antonia Bird's other stuff. I know none of it's like really hard. And I looked up the, the screenwriter, Ted Griffin. And the only thing, the other things that he's done of note that I immediately saw was Matchstick Men and Ocean's Eleven. Oh, so I feel like, yeah. And I just, I kind of feel like for me, kind of feel like he was kind of like doing a tour of duty in the horror genre. You know, it, was, it wasn't like, this is not somebody who's like, I want to make more horror stuff, you know? So it was like, that's pretty much all I see from him and really from Antonia Bird. But she kind of, I think she kind of leaned more into the, absurdity and the the, the, the satire yeah, yeah of it all um which it is because I, I wouldn't say it's technically a horror movie but it is you know because it's gory and they're eating people and it is horrific context but it also is like pretty funny 
yeah. I think she did a great job with it. You know what I mean? Like I know it it was like what like two or three weeks into it already, but like I yeah. think it's great, and I'm glad that it's there. You know. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Robert Carlyle was the one who recommended her, and I think that that kind of, like, I think because he had worked with her twice before, I it think that... comforting, yeah. very comforting for him, and he was able to kind of go, like, because Guy Pierce's character doesn't have a lot of... Di- like, he's it, deliberately, his character's very, like, quiet, withdrawn, restrained. Like, he doesn't want to be where he's at. He's ashamed of himself. He knows what... He thinks he's a coward, all this shit. He doesn't speak much, you know? And um, whereas Robert Carlyle is the exact opposite. He's like, he is fucking amped, and he is fucking, like... He's just, like, one of the funnest performances. And I wonder if he would have been able to feel as... I mean, he's a great actor. Everything as he's free, in, but, yeah. But, I mean, that was... I feel like it was very liberal. I watched an interview with him talking about this movie, and he's like... I think he was so engrossed in the, the character that he's still... In the interview, it's like... It's clearly way after they've done filming, because it's like his head shaved, his beard, you know, no facial hair or anything like that. But um, he seems like really, like, a little too into this role. And he's like really... <laughs> he's really intensely excited about it. And it's like, cool, you know? Like, um... I think that a lot of that, I, I do think the fact that he had worked with her before and he had brought her on the project kind of did afford him a little bit of um, comfort, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, you know, David Arquette, not in it a lot, but he's fucking great. Oh, also, the woman who's in it, and I feel bad that I don't remember her name, she was also in Lord of Illusions, which we also did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ma- the Native one of my American favorites. Woman, she's, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah she's she was. Doing, um, yeah, she's one Jennifer of the Desiderio in, in uh, or whatever her name is. Yeah, she was like one of the Nix's people that went that that revolted and was like, you know, she's the one in the mental hospital who's like, you know, she's yeah, like freaking out. yeah, yeah, she's mm-hmm. great. Um, but she's not in this movie that much. She's like, she's kind of a fairly important character, but she's not really. Um, they not a lot. Of, the most of the screen time goes really towards Guy Pierce and uh, Robert Carlyle. But I do like Jeffrey Jones in this movie. Um, and I, I really like Jeremy Davies. Um, so I, I really, it's just one of those nice little ensemble character actor pieces. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good one. I was glad you, you picked this one because I was like, yeah, I love this fucking movie. Um, any excuse I have to watch it is one. It's good. I will, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad we watched it. It was like, I was pleasantly surprised and like how funny yeah, it was. I've never seen it before. Yeah. No, I, I obviously it? knew. No, I had never seen it before. I'd like seen pieces of it. Like, and I've, uh, I obviously like, I knew it was a Guy Pierce movie and like who was in it, but I had never watched it all the way through. And so I, it was like way different than what I expected. And I'm glad that I didn't watch or look at anything else about it because it was like surprise. I was pleasantly surprised about how kooky it was. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. It's very kooky. Yeah. Kooky. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, guys. Well, yeah, check us out. Well, we're going to be posting back on we're Instagram back. again. We're back, yeah. Now that, now that we're both settled. Yeah, video underscore well, vampires. Settled. You know, get your if you're if you're inclined to do so, which I hope you are, get your vaccine. Um, you know, get let's get this shit over with so we can all go to the movies again and hang out. But uh, yeah. True. Peace. Peace. Peace out. <laughs>
don't live to eat.